Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman, or should we call you Ari Asserman, Ari, as we saw someone on Twitter, <laughs> a Mich- an angry Michigan State fan with the clever, clever word term name, Ari Asserman. Were you offended? Were you hurt? Uh, that's what people used to call me in high school. Um, Affectionately? Uh, it was just like a, you know, it's the most high school nickname ever. Right. <laughs> But it is funny because every single time I make a reservation or I call a hotel or do anything that involves spelling my name over the phone, I always spell it W-S-E-R-M-A-N, <laughs> uh, and people think that's funny. So, you know, I'm okay being uh, W. Asserman uh, okay. is what they used to actually say in high school. Okay. Um, Good to know. You know. Good to know. I, the guy really thought he, he found something there, didn't he? <laughs> the, old, the old yearbook? Yeah. I don't know what happened in the past week, but I have become Michigan State's public enemy number one. Yeah, well, we're going to talk like, about that. We're going to okay, talk about yeah. that. Right, I, just, like, so I feel like uh, I've been way meaner. In- yeah, well, my wife, uh, Heather, Michigan State grad, she's in the other room, Ari. Should I get her down to start yelling at you about Tuck? <laughs> Has she been talking about Tuck in your house? No, no, no. I mean, she knows who Tuck is. She roots for Michigan State, but it's she's not she's not on the board. She's, she's not, not running the- around the house yelling Tuck coming? No, she's not following the recruiting class, so, she, you know. So. Well, she probably is under the impression that she will only be woken up from her slumber unless they sign a top 100 player, which we're still <laughs> waiting on. Uh, yeah, so, All right. All right. We'll, we'll get to that. But we got a good show today. A uh, lot going on in the recruiting world, as we've been discussing this morning. I, I, I feel like June is now the month on the recruiting calendar. With all Did every visits. program in the Power Five just get nine commitments this week? It's crazy. It's crazy. So we'll look back at a lot of these commitments. We're going to look back at five-star Quarterback from 2024 class, C.J. Carr, in his commitment to Notre Dame. Like I said, we're going to highlight, you know, Ari just mentioned a bunch of programs really made inroads with their class. We're going to dip into the mailbag and have some trivia. Before we start, though, Ari, just if you – well, I did this yesterday. We're recording on Wednesday. If you went to 247 Composite, you looked at the rankings. Number one, Notre Dame. Number two, Texas Tech. Number three, Cincinnati. Number four, Northwestern. Just – I get, I get it. It's early, but just that, that's crazy talk. Yeah, I mean, by the time the time this podcast publishes, I don't think Northwestern will be number four anymore. Right. And I think Clemson's going to jump into the top five um, if they get a certain commitment that is scheduled to announce any minute as we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see how the sausage is made. I'm going to publish a story live on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although you'll be listening to it tomorrow. Vic so. Burley is the the kid's name from Warner Robins, Georgia. Um, uh, top forty national player and Vic Burley is like the perfect name for a defensive lineman. So uh, we'll see where that, if, you know, and, and I guess if it happens while we're on the show, we can update you guys later, but they will jump, jump pretty high into the rankings. Cause whenever, you know, a program like that gets a, a top 50 player, it's really weighted, but yeah, no, it's cool to see. And I always feel like every year, like in this month, you know, the rankings are always, uh, 
you know, kind of like this because a lot of the teams that usually end up in the top five haven't really gotten started yet. And it was funny because like Alabama's class is ranked number 36 right now. And they had five five star prospects <laughs> uh, on campus in one weekend, including the number one overall player in the country. You might have heard of them. Um, and I think that's more five star prospects than all the teams you just mentioned will sign combined. Yes. Um, so, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. But I do like to think about um, what college football would be like if you could just freeze the recruiting rankings like this and this be it. Like this, these are the classes that this is how they're going to be ranked at the end of the cycle. I think about it. Notre Dame, number one, Texas Tech, two, Cincinnati, three, Northwestern, four, Arkansas, seven, Michigan State, nine, Louisville, 11, Minnesota, 13, Baylor, 14, Iowa, 16. What a crazy world of college football that would be. Yeah, maybe like the 2007 season. But let's look back. Um, and, and we keep teasing Pete Sampson on the show, our Notre Dame writer. We were going to have him on two last week, but then we said, let's hold off and wait till CJ Carr commits. And then this week, the Notre Dame baseball team got in the way. Pete is actually at a Notre Dame baseball media availability before the Fighting Irish head off to Omaha uh, after their shocking win at Tennessee last week. So Pete's shocking. Like it was one of the biggest upsets in college baseball history. I was Notre- saw on Twitter that um, apparently there were some really weird calls in that game. I didn't watch a pitch of it, but like not I, really. I just. I mean, I think Tennessee fans compl- – I mean, there were some weird things that happened. Like oh, so there player. wasn't like a monumentally bad call? Oh, I no. thought there was. Oh, no, okay. Well, a, one of Tennessee's best players got ejected Friday for basically FUing the umpire to his face, and so he got suspended for that game and the rest of the next game. Um, so it was just wild because Notre Dame, solid program, solid team, uh, and Tennessee was having such a great season. Uh, so, uh, so Pete's doing that. And C.J. Carr to Notre Dame, if you listen to the podcast, you know who he is and you know who his family is and Lloyd Carr, we get all that. I thought it was in your mailbag. You had a very measured response to the question, what does this mean for Michigan? Like, it sucks for Michigan. You have the five-star quarterbacks, the grandson of a former coach. You think you're going to get him. It sucks. We get it. But that doesn't mean – it's not a referendum on, uh, on that program in, in, in Harbaugh. It's like the kid just wanted to go away. I don't. I honestly don't. You know, maybe maybe there's more to the story, and he doesn't like Harbaugh. But yeah, I just he's know. a kid that wanted to go away to college, and it, again, it sucks for 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 Michigan because most kids in that situation stay home and go to the, the their dad's alma mater where their grandfather coached. But he's his own kid. He's his own guy. Do you think that he, if he grew up in Birmingham and his grandfather was, he'd be at Michigan. Air Bryant, that he wouldn't have gone to Bama. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I. Like, I know, you never know like, what makes a guy you never tech. Know. Every sing, you're right. Every single person is different. And every single but that was your point. You kind of yeah, agree yeah. with me. Yeah. I do agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I do think that, and I think I said this on Andy's show a long time ago. I'm going to say it on this show. And it, there's some explicit language. But I can when handle I, when I, What's going on over there? I was just drinking some water. No, it looked like I hit the wrong tube there. No. When I was a kid, my dad let me borrow his car you know, when I was 16 years old and then I scratched that. Then he gave me my mom's car and then I dented that one up pretty good. And then I got another one and I I knocked out the radiator. Like, and I think I did, uh, you know, damage to five different cars over the course of like the four years that I was driving in his house. Good work. And after I, and I remember he gave me a 2003 Cadillac CTS, which back in 2007 was like a badass car. And he let me drive it down to college for a week. And I had it at U of A and I was driving back up to Phoenix with my best friend at the time. And 
halfway up the highway. It was like really dark in the middle of the night. I heard a big thud. It sounded like I ran over a bowling ball. Nothing happened. No lights came on, whatever. I finished the drive. The next morning, the car doesn't start. The radiator is completely ruined. And my dad storms into my room. I'm sleeping. He wakes me up and he like pulls me up by my shirt in a non-abusive way, but like a very aggressive way. And he goes, I'm going to say something. <laughs> You've either wrecked, damaged, scratched, or destroyed every single one of the cars that I've given you. And at every single turn, you've made an excuse like the one you're making about the bowling ball or whatever. And then he screamed, when does it stop being a fucking coincidence? And I'll never forget that because at a certain point, you got to ask yourself that question with Michigan football. When does it stop being a coincidence that the players that are in the state just feel like leaving? You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, you got to stop. individually looking at them because yes you're right it's one person who wanted to leave and didn't want to follow in his family's footsteps you can't control what a person wants to do you understand that in the micro viewpoint of it right but in the macro view when you look at how many times this continually happens or that there are elite level players in michigan who just end up going somewhere else for whatever reason that you come up with you have to ask yourself when does it stop being a fucking coincidence? So like that is kind of like my viewpoint of it. So like to me, the thing that's most disappointing if you're a Michigan fan is that they just finally broke through and did something that nobody thought that they could do. They beat Ohio state's ass. They won the big 10. They went to the college football playoff and they got over the mountaintop of what we thought was the ceiling of the program. And you would think that after a season like that, Michigan would have used that or at least kind of become a hyped up program enough to have some juice with it in the recruiting cycle. And like right now, like I rarely come across Michigan's name in any of the recruits that I'm writing about, you know, and they're, they're in, you know, on lists and top sevens and stuff, but they don't really seem to be a major player in many of these national recruitments. And it's just like at the end of the cycle, they might end up signing a top 10 class like they usually do. But I thought the hope was for Michigan that they would be like, Hyped up right now. People be excited talking about it. They're building something. They did it. You know what? I, and it just kind of like doesn't really feel all that different than it did a year ago right now. Right. Or am I imagining? That? No, no. I, and I, I'll piggyback what you said, because I still agree with my original stance. And I agree with what you said. Like, I think you could counter by saying, OK, maybe CJ Carr wanted to go away. He's wanted to go away. for, But if he really liked the Michigan coach that much, he'd say, you know what? I, I do. I always thought I'd go away to college. But this guy's just so awesome, I have to go to Michigan. Like if Marcus Freeman maybe were the coach at Michigan. So I think that's probably what a cynical Michigan fan would say. Like, yeah. Or if they had like a history of developing quarterback talent. Yeah. It's like if you were if I were a five star quarterback, I'm not necessarily sure that Michigan would be my number one choice. Cause they've, you know, up until last year, they probably you could say that Harbaugh didn't really develop any of the players that he signed out of high school. And even now, it's like not like the quarterback that led Michigan to the playoff last year is going to be an NFL draft or a high NFL draft pick if he's even picked at all. So, you know, there are circumstances that are involved besides just like, ah, I felt like trying something different. I mean, he's finding other places that might suit his needs more, too, which is a Michigan problem. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Um, so we'll have Pete on next week, Pete Sampson, to talk more about CJ Carr. He went up to, uh, was it Saline, Michigan, which is, I think, south of Ann Arbor. Uh, suburb of if Ann Arbor is big enough to have a suburb, but it's it's right near Ann Arbor. 
uh, you know, kind of what this means and just the, the whole change of, uh, you know, what's going on at Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint. And I, I heard him on your um, Ohio State pod with Landis, uh, some good stuff there as well. Now let's talk about your favorite program of the week, Michigan State. And I know you've talked about this on Andy's pod. You've written about it. You are writing about it. You have, we're, 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 this will come out Thursday morning. So Wednesday afternoon will be a This Week in Recruiting uh, story that has a Michigan State section. You're writing about Samson Okunlola, a uh, five-star recruit who was on campus last week. Um, so I guess I'm going to open the, – the, the floor is yours, basically um, – why don't you, and we talked last week. Just rehash kind of what's going on in your mind about Michigan State. Like you, you and I'll I'll try and lead you into it. You you're giving Mel Tucker all this praise. You've kind of admitted that you were wrong about what mm-hmm. their goals could be. But hey, they still need to get it done. Now they're bringing the four stars, but the you know we'll see if they have a real breakthrough with some top 100 players. Yeah, I mean, and I think that the breakthrough has already happened. I mean, I don't know what the stat was, but they signed. And Mitch, you edited this, um, so you tell me if I'm wrong or whatever. But how many players do they have in the four or five year period between 17 and 21? Um, it was 10. I, it was 10. And they've got 14 in the last two classes and counting. Yeah. So, so like, that, there's that, no question that there's been an improvement in the, t- the, the level of four-star talent coming into the program. And if you go look at the official visitors list, not just of the, of the kids who were on campus last week, and, including the pancake honcho, um, but some of the other visitors that are expected uh, over the course of the remaining of the summer, you know, they, they have – completely upped their game in terms of what they are expecting um, at that program. So, you know, I've become for some reason the Michigan state public enemy number one on Twitter. And I don't know if it's shtick or people are just messing with me now, but you know, I did kind of balk at the idea that Michigan state could win a national championship, you know, because that was what we were talking about on Andy Staples show. And I just like, I am nowhere near being there yet. So, that said, I think it's great that Mel Tucker has upped the standard there and has created an environment that makes people want to visit there, and they are completely revamping how many four-star prospects they're bringing into the program. And if anybody can attest to you know, what it takes to win the Big Ten, the Big Ten East and you know, some of the teams that have beaten Ohio State along the way to doing it over the years, it's me because I've seen it up close, and you know, they're recruiting well enough to build a team that's good enough to do something special. The thing that I think will be interesting to see is, A, can they get a single top 100 player because that hasn't happened yet? And, and when Michigan State um, opens up its recruiting nationally, because if you go look at their class, they got kids from Texas, they've got kids from all over the place. Um, and they start getting into recruitments with Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and Texas and Texas A&M and all these all the time. How many of these top end recruiting battles are actually going to win and how much of it will be spinning their wheels? Because I, I do think that even though there is a noticeable and, and you know real difference in their results the last two years, there is a limit to like what they might be able to do this fast without a long history of success. So very high on, on the changes that Michigan State made. I think it's very easy to uh, root for somebody who does something and, and has, a, has a clear vision of what they want and wants to change something. That's what we talk about on this podcast all the time. Now I'm very curious to see if like Mel Tucker can be what Dabo Sweeney was to Clemson because I think that's kind of what the goal is there, right? Yeah, uh, and and there are some similarities. I hadn't really thought about it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kind of thinking out loud here. You know, you got the state of South Carolina with two big state universities, Clemson and South Carolina. Uh, you know, Michigan. You got Michigan, Michigan State. Historically, obviously, Michigan's been the better program, the bigger national brand. 
historically Clemson's probably they've won a national title in 81 they're probably the bigger national brand than South Carolina but those programs were probably more on equal footing before Dabo took over than Michigan Michigan State but so I want to talk the 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 three commits they got this week the four stars Jordan Hall four-star linebacker from IMG obviously in Florida Jalen Braxton four-star cornerback from Frisco Texas and Clay Weldon an interior uh, four-star interior offensive lineman from Florida well, or Whedon, excuse me. He showed an Alabama offer. I know he's been to Auburn. Dude, go he look at his offers list. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty. It's good. like a. It's like the offers list that you would a see from star. a top ten player. Yeah. You made a good point about Braxton too. Um, he's rated two forty five overall, twenty seven from Frisco, Texas. He's rated higher than any cornerback in Michigan and Ohio, which is typically. Michigan that's not big. my stat. Just so you know, that's Max Olson's stat. He texted that to me. Max Olson. Thank you for providing Ari with that stat. I just didn't. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to be the the thief of that. Okay, duly noted. Um, but yes, it's certainly it's of note though because that's what we were talking about, right? Should they focus on the Midwest and Ohio and build from there out, or should they do what they're doing? And it's like, well, they just went to Frisco, Texas, which is twenty five minutes north of where I live, and got a kid that's rated higher at the same position than anybody in their in their backyard. And it's like if that's a sustainable thing, Mitch, then that's exactly what they could do, right? Right. Right. Um, in the, your, your Samson Okanola story, which is running today, Thursday, since this will be uh, mm-hmm. uh, live Thursday. Supposedly. Ari's been a uh, quite the prima donna this week. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't get his way on the day his story was going to be published. First of all, go back and read uh, Grace Rayner's story. On, it was a very good story. You should go on, read it. On the, the uptick in, in, in prospects from the state of Massachusetts. We, we've joked on this podcast basically the past year about Michigan's Massachusetts pipeline and how that was a, a recruiting uh, focus for them. Well, actually, that makes more sense now. They, they've had some – led by Oak and Lola, they, they have two five-stars in this class. Uh, so Grace kind of talked to some high school coaches. Uh, some interesting theories on why, you know, more, more schools have artificial turf so they can play longer play through inclement weather more schools have indoor practice facilities or their access to them that helps so there's some interesting theories in there were you gonna chime in i just think it's hilarious that don brown's the head coach at umass now and it's like this yeah. is the year they actually could have used it like there's yeah. there has got to be a joke in there somewhere yeah um so but there's a quote in the story from samson and you talked to him i think while he was at the airport that like this was so refreshing to hear in this era of nil and photo shoots and we think kids just go into schools because they have the best photo shoot. And that was an amazing photo shoot, but here's what Samson said. It really helps with the branding side of things, the cars and the pancakes. It was all very nice, but they don't really matter that much. They are just photo shoots at the end of the day. No photo shoot is going to tell me where I'm going. The people are. And I just thought that was so refreshing to hear. Yeah. It is kind of strange now. Cause we've been, you know, in the NIL era for, eight months or whatever it's been, you know, oh crap, 11 months, um, almost a year where you have to ask about NIL and recruiting calls now. <coughs> Sorry. I had a tickle in my throat. Um, it's like, so what do you like about the schools? What do you, what are you thinking about? Like, uh, you know, in terms of what's going to move you, do you think about depth chart or national championships or draft picks and all the stuff that we usually ask. And it's like, Oh, by the way, like what's going on with NIL? Yeah. Because it's like, you can't write a, a recruiting update now, or at least a story about a five-star prospect and not acknowledge it. Like it's wrong to not acknowledge it. So, you know, I have to ask that every time. And I thought it was a good answer. Now I don't know how long it's going to be where people try to pretend like it's not a big deal, you know, and, and I'm not saying that he was lying, but to act like NIL is not going to be a major emphasis on, on his, recruitment's probably not true 
Right. I if think we're you, talking about the type of money that you know has been floating around the internet the last few months. Um, I think he was specifically talking about the photo shoots there. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am very excited to have my first phone call with a recruit that says I will go to whoever pays me the most, and it be completely okay. Like, because I think we're we're getting there because it's just like, you know, it's still kind of taboo a little bit, isn't it? Like, it's like I almost feel weird about asking about nil on the phone. Like, I'm like, oh, who's who's paying you? You know, it's like. It's yeah. the way it used to be, um, you know, back in the old days when it was shady. And it's like now it's just like people still approach it like it's shading, but it's completely within the realm of the rules. So the thing about this guy that I think is a, is a good lesson for uh, anybody who's coming up through the ranks as a recruit is that like he created a nickname, you know, uh, he's the pancake honcho and you can like it or not like it. But like there's a lot to like with that nickname. He could go anywhere and get a if he's really good, get a sponsorship for like IHOP or something. Right. Like yeah, I, were, I feel, I feel like you can, if you have a good brand, and you're a good enough player, and people recognize you for some reason, that that is a very good walk into potential advertisement potential. So, you know, like didn't Kool Aid uh, at Alabama get a Kool Aid sponsorship? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. It's like if I were a five star prospect, I would just be like, I'm crying. I'm Skippy Peanut Butter. Like, you know, <laughs> like if I were a corner, I'd be like, I'm Skippy Peanut Butter. You can't get me <laughs> off you or something or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Mitch, well, here, would, you, here. would you rather give up cheese for the rest of your life or have a 5% chance of waking up every morning completely covered in peanut butter? By the way, for, for everyone, this is when, when I met Ari two weeks, two months ago in Phoenix for our for our college football summit. 80% of our time together was just fielding questions like this. Would you rather like yeah. get eaten by a shark every day or, you know, and they were pretty crude and crap. So would you, would you rather give up cheese for the rest <laughs> of your life or have a 5% chance every single morning you wake up for the rest of your life of being covered in peanut butter? Um, I would not want to give up the cheese. So I would take the 5% chance every morning. So <laughs> right. most of the time you wouldn't, but like, what if it was like, oh, I, no, a huge no, I, thought job an, I thought it was an either or like, okay. So if I, I agree not to give up cheese, we just decide whether or not there's a 5%, is it 5% every no, day? No, no, every five, oh. every night, a 5% chance <laughs> okay. that you wake up for the You're rest of your life. I thought it was, I thought it was 5% that yeah. it happened the rest of no, uh, no, 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 I would, no, I would give up cheese. <laughs> You that's, imagine, one, like, that's basically a, 1.5 times a month that you're gonna wake up <laughs> but it's five percent every day so it kind of yeah, it's, it's just like resets every day so it's not it's like not it's, like in my hair like yeah you gotta like sh- you know how much of an hassle that would be right. like what if you know like going into the shower and getting it's like you're covered in it but see i i already can't eat so much stuff because my celiac disease yeah, so, so you I get already, rid of cheese right that i mean you can't have good bread and pizza and Imagine the pizza I'd have to eat, like cauliflower crust and like vegan nine, cheese. Yeah, vegan cheese. Uh, I don't know, but could you imagine like having a job interview in or like we're coming into like a big meeting at work or had somewhere to be to take your daughter <laughs> to the airport for her big uh, international flight or whatever it is, and you like got forty five minutes behind schedule because you had to wipe <laughs> off peanut butter and think about I how think you'd have be. to wake up an hour early every morning just in case that just was that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just something to think about. What would you do? I would uh, do the uh, the peanut butter. What would happen like three days in a row? It's just a, it's like, be, like, this be one of those weeks for you. I Actually, guess. that'd probably be better. Just get it out of the way. Yeah, I guess. But it's just like a, it starts over every day. It's something you have to think about every morning. So yeah, here, here's a good um, NIL sponsorship deal. And um, 
along the lines that you were referring to before. So there's this guy, Michael Turner, who was a catcher for Arkansas baseball, and he was a grad transfer. And there's been a lot of transfers in college baseball this year. And they were they had an up and down year, and I don't remember the weekend, but late in the year, maybe the SEC tournament, this Turner guy had a bad, bad game or a bad at bat, struck out. And some talk show host, sports talk guy in Arkansas, just railed on the guy, called him. I mean, it was, you could Google it, Michael Turner, Arkansas Radio. Called him a rental because he was a grad transfer. He's ter- I forgot the adjectives used, but just really over the top on a college kid. And then Turner had a good regional or uh, performance at Oklahoma State, and he had a sponsor. He had an NIL deal with in, in Arkansas of a rental company. So he had like, you know, if you need good rental stuff, go visit Ari Wasserman's rental stuff and had T-shirts and stuff like that. So I thought that was a good a – fun. I'm sure it wasn't that lucrative, but it was a fun use of kind of turning – uh, what would have been kind of a negative story into a positive. So, yeah, I uh, I think it's cool. I mean, yeah. like, I feel like I would be entitled to a Domino sponsorship or a Fileo Fish sponsorship. You know, right? Well, you, you got to know how to spell Domino's correctly. I um, know how to spell Domino's correctly. I don't know how to spell the word correctly. Right. Uh, Northwestern. We've talked Northwestern recently about their recruiting and you know their their ranking, which is good, but won't stay that good because it lacks four-star players. Well, they got the highest-rated kid in their class this past week, Ashton Porter, four-star defensive lineman from Cypress, Texas, uh, ranked 292, 42. That's how you – they have two four-stars now. That's how you, you you keep a class in the top. Did I put top. that in the story this week? Uh, you did not, I don't think. I think we need to put that in there. Okay. Um, so uh, Yeah, I, we're running into yeah. a problem with – if you read Ari's This Week in Recruiting – his his odds and ends where he just kind of goes over the just the, the the recruits. It's like there's been so many now. We we have to pick and choose. Yeah, yeah I think that one's important enough to do. So you want to talk about um, the summer splash? Yeah, the summer splash. But so, like the, I I do want to tell you before we go to that that um, Northwestern had a big official visit commit uh, weekend like a month ago. Yeah, they had like six or seven players on campus that they really wanted, and I think they got commitments from all but one of them. So I'm going to like put in a request and write a, I'm going to try to write a story about like what they did right that weekend. Cause I think that's always interesting. Like when one weekend really changes things. Cool. Yeah. Uh, d- yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've talked a lot about Northwestern recently, but up until the past month or two, I don't think you've really written about them. So it's always good yeah. to write about new programs. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So Minnesota, you know, a lot of a lot of programs like to name their big visit weekends or something. And, you know, who Minnesota, you know, you got a coach who rows the boat, not afraid to name everything. So Minnesota had the summer splash over the weekend. They got six commitments. That's the good news, Ari. The bad news, I don't think they had one top seven hundred commitment. So yeah. Maybe the you know, Their highest rated player was from Fargo. Yeah. Got him away from North Dakota State, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, those are developmental programs and 
I always want to be careful because you don't want to make fun of a team. And they do for, they do have higher rated recruits. It's just the, this yeah, recent yeah, this run was like recruits. one weekend. It was yeah. like their big recruiting splash or whatever it's called. And summer splash. They got a third of their class, and a third of it means it's not going to be in the top. You know, eight hundred is not. Or not I, now, I'm, at least, yeah, not exactly what what you probably would expect from Minnesota, especially because they had such a high upside a few years ago. We wrote that big story about them two years ago, and it's yeah. like, you know, they had that one season where they won eleven games, right? <laughs> It's Correct. just like I, I just think that there are so many, you know how so every, hard to sustain. Just so every single sustain. week, Mitch, that we that we watch, um, or every year we watch teams have these big seasons, like Wake Forest last year and Michigan last year and Michigan State in fifteen, and there are so many different like one off years where teams really break out. Minnesota did it a few years ago. Iowa's had their year. It's like how many of these teams, if you go back and look at like the biggest you know blips on the radar there have actually taken those teams um, and into like dramatically different recruiting results over the course of the, the course of the past four years or the, the next four years, how much it's been different. I bet you it hasn't, there's not that many examples of it. There's just so hard to sustain. Like you it's talked impossible. about State. it's that's, and that's what makes you all for as much as you say, quote unquote, negatively about Clemson, you always are quick to say what Dabo did going from good or very good to great is one of the most impressive feats that you've seen in college uh, football. Hey, but we do have breaking news. I know we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. Vic Burley, as expected, forced, high four-star defensive lineman from Warner Robins, Georgia, has committed to Clemson. So I, you know, I'm going to publish your story right now, Ari. I'm actually and, typing up the odds and ends for the other one right now. As well, we'll I'll, I'll add that afterwards because i got to proof it. I don't want to. Um, uh, okay. There's going to be nine comments about where that one is before you proof it, but we'll just have to deal with it. Yeah. It'll be soon. Um, so, all right. I'm publishing the story. This is good podcasting. This is good. Yeah, it's, it, people are going to know how the sausage is made. Um, so, all right. Let's – Georgia Tech's another school I want to talk about, Ari. Yep. We haven't talked about it lately. Nine commits since June 1. Top-rated player in the class is 620. Average player rankings, 85.15. And for whatever reason, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Jeff Collins, just he made an initial splash, and they've had they've struggled on the field. They've had some defections. You would think for a coach who came in, and clearly Jeff Collins gets it in recruiting, you know, came in with the slogans, the 4-4-4, they're going to they're gonna protect, uh, you know, Atlanta, you know, all that stuff. They are just not recruiting. If you would have said when Jeff Collins was hired, Here's where they're going to be in three years. I think we'd all be surprised. Agree? Yeah, I do think that like Andy Staples made a really good point about this. It's like if you think about all the fake destinations that you could put Deion Sanders at like the Power Five yes. level, does, like doesn't Georgia <laughs> Georgia Tech seem like it would be like a sleeping giant if you put the right guy in there? You know, it's like I just maybe it's really really hard because it's a very uh, academically uh, proficient school is that the word i'm looking for or prestigious yeah, I school i don't know enough about their majors there are no easy there are no easy majors from what i yeah, understand I mean, engineering yeah. is not engineering is wherever you go engineering is not easy and that's it's an engineering school yeah um, you put yourself in a position where you're smack dab in the middle of the one of the most talented cities in america but also every single college at every single level is running all over that city every single day you know so it's a power five school in atlanta so you would think that they would be they, With some they tradition. Were, they won the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They won a national championship, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I know that uh, – I just don't know how much the academic piece is the, is the reason for that. 
Yeah. Um, but he, Collins' first class uh, was number 27, the average of 87.17 player rating, which is pretty good. So it, I think just it's one of those things if you started the Jeff Collins era over again and they had maybe some more success in the field and certain players didn't transfer, may, maybe they're in a better spot right now. You can say that about pretty much any program. Uh, but that's just. But I, I think the question is, is are they, is it like in, insane that they're in the spot that they're in regardless? And here's the deal because it's so, it's been so hard to judge Georgia Tech recruiting for 15 years because Paul Johnson did not swim in those waters. He didn't want to or didn't need to. He ran a unique offense and was very successful at it. And they just did not recruit well. And he, not that he didn't want better players, but they wanted a very high level with modest recruiting success. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know, like, you know, when we did that story a few years ago, it'd be very interesting to go back. We, we did it with Max Olson where we, you know, came up with reasonable recruiting yeah. expectations. I wonder what we put for Georgia Tech. Like, I don't know, like, what, what is their actual, should they be the seventh or sixth best team in the ACC? Or is this just like, are they, That's a and like, you're Mr. Academics too. So you, you can tell me this. He, everybody, he went to Vanderbilt. Um <laughs> It's one thing to be a good. It's one thing to be a good school, but it's another thing to be a good school that has limited majors, right? And like, I wonder, like, in this main discussion that we're always having about which schools are most restricted by their academic situation, like where Georgia Tech ranks on that list, because like, of course, you have the Stanford, the Michigans, the Notre Dames, the Northwesterns, the Vanderbilts. Like, I know, but like Georgia Tech to me seems like they might actually have it the worst. Uh, I'll. I don't know. Like I said, I don't pretend to know enough about the the, the amount of majors they have, and there. I know you can. You don't just have open to be up a, your Princeton review. I'm sure you have one framed over your bed. I do not. Um, I, I would think, from an admissions standpoint, it's a state school that you can get kids into Georgia Tech. It's not as as challenging as some of the the private Power Five schools that we talk about. But to kind of what we were both saying earlier, I think once you're there, it's difficult and. It's like, can you go for, major in journalism? Can you major in journalism there? Well, they don't have a journal. A lot of schools don't have a journalism school. Do they have a history? I'm I'm sure there's some sort of arts and I I don't know. I mean, we could look it up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if they have arts like, and sciences I, there. One of, my, one of my good friends' daughter is going to Georgia Tech next year. She's majoring in math. It's, it's not engineering. So wow, um, she's smart. I bet it's not. Yes, she is. So it's not. Uh, but you know, it's again, it's a state school. So from in state, I would say you know, especially in state kids, well, their their admissions. So. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll try and learn a, more, a little bit more about Georgia Tech. Because uh, one thing I don't like, I don't like to speak when I don't know details, especially about stuff like that. So um, let's go on to South Carolina, another school with uh, a coach who I think. Is there we, a P in it? South Carolina? Oh, I thought you were going to do Clemson. Clemson. No. Do you say Clemson? I've never said Clemson. A lot of people here in the South do. Clemson. Clemson. Um, three commits on Sunday including the highest-rated kid in the class, four-star athlete Kelton Henderson, uh, number 304 from Florida. The interesting thing to me about Florida, uh, South Carolina is they really put an emphasis on the eastern seaboard, the northeast. They're, they have staff members who are from there. And I'd have to go back and look. I think some of their transition class, they did very well up there. But right now they've got five commits. Three are from Florida, one is from Georgia, and one is from D.C. Obviously it's very early in the class, but it looks like they've been in more traditional South Carolina footprints, not the Northeast. They're still very much alive for Dylan Lonergan, a top 100 overall prospect, a quarterback from Snellville, Georgia. So 
again, it's so early, and we always talk about this, but I, I, I thought at this stage, this South Carolina class would be a little further along. Yeah. Um, South Carolina is a really difficult job. I mean, there's no way to put it. Um, if you like look through traditionally, like when they've been good, you know, what did you notice about what they were at that time? I mean, like the J, the J, the debate. Jadavion Clowney years. Like, didn't they have it was Alshon Jeffrey and Clowney and La- yeah. weren't they all from South Carolina? Yeah, so they had a great and run. All- and they capped it was before Clemson got good. So they, right. they got him. So, they capitalized on him. And they had a great like, coach. They were one of the all time great coaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they had Lou so, Holtz as well, too. I, I just don't know, you know, when you say, I, I wish they were further along, it's just like, where did you, where do you wish they were then? Like, I, I kind of feel like they are where you would expect them to be. Yeah, it, it, South Carolina's an interesting program because. Like Shane Beamer comes in and says, we have everything we need here to win titles. And on the surface, yes, they do. They've got great facilities. Their, their football buildings among the best. They've got great fans, great stadium environment, state school. But then compared to what they're going against every Saturday in the people in their league, and there's a reason for whatever reason, you know, they haven't been in the SEC their whole existence, but there's a reason they have never really sustained success. And so like, South Carolina fans are probably frustrated because they think they should be better, but history suggests that you're not. And doesn't mean Shane Beamer can't get it done there, but it's just the, the hurdles it's like, are great. How many, how many coaches are like in Mel Tucker's spot right now? Of like people who like are Shane at Beamer. places that should, you know, in theory have all the resources they need to be very, very good. Um, you know, traditionally have had years where they've they've kind of, you know, had their moments, but like are basically in charge of being the captain of the renaissance, you know, and I guess that's I get every single coach's job that gets a new uh, that's a new hire or at a, a relatively new at a place that's in the SEC or in the Big Ten. But there are so many people like, I mean, if you like who's on the list of of transformation jobs here, like, I mean, think about it. Mario Cristobal's on that list, right? Billy Napier's on that list. Um, Mal Tucker's on that list. Okay, question for you. Dan Lanning. Ari Wasserman, free agent head coach. You've got meetings with the administration of South Carolina and Michigan State offering the same contract. Michigan State. Why? They don't have to play Alabama. Well, in theory... Carolina might not have to play Alabama either. When I say they don't have to play Alabama, I don't don't necessarily need to have like the breakdown of what division each team's in. But South Carolina's job and schedule is just much harder. There's more players probably within in in that region, but I think there's a lot of players. But there's a lot of players in Detroit, um, and you know Mel Tucker has proven that they and like I don't know the financial situation over at South Carolina, but but Michigan State has really invested a ton of money into their football program the last year. So, you know, and, and I think they have more rational fans that expect that, you know, it's going to take some time, you know, maybe South Carolina does too, but, you know, having to do the, the revamp in the sec gives me a headache just thinking about. Yeah. So South Carolina traditionally, uh, at least like in these parts has been known to have like the most, Loyal fans because they had some lean years in the 90s where they won like one or two games and they were selling out. So like you get 85,000 people. I don't know if they're selling out. They're filling their stadium. If you get like 80,000 people for a one-win team, that's pretty impressive. So I think that's why coaches and people think that they have. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's impossible yeah. anywhere. I, mean, I, I don't think it's – is it impossible anywhere? I mean, really. 
if you get the right person who just Power strikes five, the mean? right chord, like what, what's like the five schools that are impossible to recruit to? I mean, Washington, we talk about Washington State and Oregon State. They've both, you know, been in the top five in the past 25 years. Top five in, in college football? Yeah. I mean, Oregon State uh, under Dennis Erickson, to that when Jonathan Smith was the quarterback, they crushed Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. I think Washington State's been in the top five. Um, maybe Mike Price. I mean, they won the Rose. They went to the Rose Bowl. So, one time I was in a bathroom at Pac-12 Media Days, and I was taking a pee, and Dennis Erickson came up next to me at the same urinal, like or like the urinal. Same next urinal? To me. No, it was like the you know like how you have. Uh, you know, if you walk Church into a bathroom here, yeah, yeah, if you walk into a bathroom and there's a line of five urinals yes. against the wall, and I'm standing in the middle urinal, which urinal are you picking? Far right or far left? Dennis Erickson picked the one right next to me, and he looked over at me and looked me in the eyes and said, "How's it hanging?" <laughs> and he became my favorite coach of all. Yeah, time. I was gonna say, gonna top, <laughs> yeah, the top moment in your life. Yeah, I don't know if he was just like messing with me or if that was just like he didn't realize what that sounded like, but. I'm doing well, man. How are you? And he laughed. <laughs> was he doing well? What I, stage I, I, I can't remember what stage of his career was in. This must have been in Arizona in, State. This was in the late. Yeah, he was at Arizona State head coach. I was in college. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just like the urinal choice. Yeah, go far left or far right. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, but why didn't you? It was just like what Oregon State did in 2001 doesn't matter. Why didn't you pick far left or far right? I was the only one in the bathroom. If you go up to a if you go up into a urinal bank and there's nobody at any of them, do you still go far left or far right? Probably. No, I go right in the middle. Anticipate, I want you the, anticipate what's going on. No, I want elbow room. You can't you don't need elbow. I mean it's the quarters aren't that I don't tight. want to be You're, next to a wall if I, if I don't have to be. Okay, I mean, usually it's not going to backfire. Like, if there's no one there, usually there's not going to be, like, five people coming in there. So, um, Also, if you put yourself in the middle, then you know that the next person, you're just giving them the benefit of the doubt to know that they're not going to stand directly next to you. Yeah, unless they're Dennis Erickson. Yeah. Um, right. So, But, like, also, too, using 2001, I think, is, like, like comparing the original uh, personal computer that Steve Jobs created to, like, the Mac OS right now. Like, it's just, like, not... Still, same, still a computer. It's still a computer, but it's not the same world. You know, like I, I don't it's, think it's that, better than not having done it. I guess, but like, how many teams have never been in the top five ever? Several. There are. I think in the Power Five, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest. I Vanderbilt's mean, never been in the top five, bro. No. Ever? Well, Vanderbilt was like awesome in like the tens and the tens and twenties before rankings. They never got up to. They never got uh, up to five with Franklin one year. Uh no, twenty two was the high. Went ninety four oh. twice. Oh, sorry, man. It's okay. It's okay. I know. Um, I feel. I feel your pain. No, no pain at all. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. Um, well, you just don't know the joy of being ranked in the top five, and you're on a podcast every week talking about. What do you mean? No. What do I? I've never been in the top five. You and all the. I mean, you and all the Arizona. I think they have been in the top five. The Desert Swarm people were awesome okay. back in the in the whatever yeah. years they were when I was five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, Purdue, another school. Had a, I don't know if they named their weekend. Mm. They wasn't like you know the the summer splash. Uh, but five commits this week. Highest ranked one is three star defensive lineman Micah Carter from St. X in Louisville. Top five hundred player. They've got eight commits. 
class ranks number 33. Their, their best player in their class right now is four-star quarterback Ricky Collins from Baton Rouge. Um, so, okay, we don't need to talk about Purdue uh, anymore, but they had a nice week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I thought about you when I saw this, and you put it in this week in recruiting. USC. I want to write about this kid. Unranked offensive lineman, Toby Raymond. Now, it makes sense. Like He had three or four Pac-12 offers. He's 6'7", 250. So that's, that's clearly like a projectable guy they're looking at. But I, I thought it had to pain you that your beloved USC Trojans took an unranked offensive lineman. How the hell are they going to get to the playoff in three years? And when well, you're especially because offensive, you take an unranked line, offensive lineman. Offensive line is like their number one criticism too, isn't right. it? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't know. You know, some guys, uh, like you said, are projected, are projected to be very, very good. And if he's only 250 pounds at 600, I do think that like he would be worth a story of just like, you are from Ventura, California. Is that where he's from? Yeah, I think so. And you are going to a program that is like selling sexy. I think like you are the exact opposite of what that program stands for right now. If you're a six foot seven, lanky, 250 pound offensive lineman that doesn't have a ranking, then like, how do you fit in with that when like Malachi Nelson's in your class? I, I think it's like that. really fun. Are you saying the cool kids in the class aren't going to be nice to this guy? No, I'm just saying like it doesn't, you don't fit, he doesn't fit in with the persona of what USC is trying to build and sell right now. Yeah. I just, I, I thought of you when I saw that. Yeah, and of uh, course I'm gonna have to, I, you know, USC. I gotta do the hype machine, you know. Yeah, it's good. I, always, it's, it's good for you if USC is good. Not that you're a quote unquote yeah. fan. You just bet another colleague about their ability to make the playoff. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go some mailbag questions. We this is just never never shortage of things to talk about. I this was brought. And I'm sure you saw this tweet. You did not respond to it, and I wanted to bring this up. Christian Simmons on Twitter said, I don't get the Big 12 takes. I really don't. 
New Big 12 is 20 and 10 versus Pac-12 in the last five years, 11 and 8 versus ACC. At least half the league would be second or third best program in ACC Pac-12 right now. How does not playing OU suddenly make those teams G5 when OU doesn't play when OU doesn't play OU? This is basically, Ari said repeatedly about when we talk about Texas Tech and Baylor and some of those programs recruiting, you're not quite sure it's going to be a real power five league when those after Oklahoma and Texas leave down the road. And so the Christian and others have come at you with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a quick opinion on it and then I'll let you go to defend you. I would say that one thing, those schools historically in the last 10, 15 years have been able to recruit at their level because Oklahoma and Texas are in that league. And maybe once Oklahoma and Texas aren't in that league, the ability to recruit kids who aren't quite getting offers from them say, Hey, you go play Texas, you go play Oklahoma. Isn't there. Maybe that will hurt recruiting. So I'm, I don't go as far as you saying it's not going to be a power five league, but I kind of see your point. Yeah. You know, and the power, the concept of the power five is just a concept now. Right. Like, I, I don't know, like if in three or four years, it's even going to be a thing anymore. Um, but you know, Oklahoma still has to play Texas, you know what I mean? And Texas still has to play Oklahoma. And the, the problem with the, the the league is that the Big 12 will no longer have a traditional anchor. When you think about all the other Power 5 school or program, I mean, Power 5 conferences, they have programs and schools at the top of the list that anchor that conference. It's like Pac-12 has two anchors or three, right? Oregon, USC, and Washington, maybe? Am I, you know, leaving anyone out there that you would think is an anchor? No, I'm glad you included my beloved Washington Huskies. I did. I put Washington in there because I know that it matters a lot to you. Yeah. Um, Big 10's got Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State. You know, Clemson. So now you're calling Michigan State an anchor. Yeah, I'm like a back. I'm all in, you know. But I mean, Michigan State still like program pound for pound is probably better than the top program in the Big 12 when the other two leave, right? Like what's a better layover program in the Big 12 that's not Oklahoma and Texas than Michigan State? Uh, who's made the playoff yeah and beaten ohio state like three baylor's had you know baylor's yeah i guess baylor yeah at least in that same category um but michigan state's the fourth on that i didn't even include wisconsin or iowa or nebraska or like you know just like you know teams that have been good in the past or you know are traditionally pretty tough outs you know maybe nebraska did not include Penn State. He was not comparing the new Big Twelve to Penn State. I mean, to Penn State to, to the Big Ten. He was comparing it to the Pac twelve and the ACC. Yeah, and the ACC has like four rising programs in it right now that go along with Clemson that might be very good. And like Florida State's an anchor program, even when they suck, because there's always a chance, or there always will be. There's always hope. Know, there's always legitimate that, hope that there. attracts elite level talent. So, and I don't even need to do the SEC. So. You know, I, I get like the idea of like if Oklahoma is the team that anchors the entire conference and everybody else stinks, Oklahoma doesn't have to play anybody. It's like, what do you think has happened for their playoff route for the last five years? I mean, they've made the playoff four out of the last five years and they get their ass kicked every time they get there because they haven't had to play anybody good on the way. And like the the entire idea of this uh, this conference discussion is is kind of like probably defeating for people who are fans of Cincinnati or or the other schools that just got, you know, announced as part of the big 12. But like, I don't know how the the college football playoff committee is even going to view conferences in four or five years. Like, are they going to like, look at, are they going to look at the big 12 the same way they look at the American? Like those, those are the people that are going to have to make that decision. Not me. Yeah. It also depends on how those programs do. I mean, how does Baylor and Texas tech do? And, and 
It just, it's, it's the league is, we look at leagues a lot as how good they are at the top, but the depth is what matters a lot as far when you're judging a schedule, you need to have good depth in your league to help your schedule strength. Um, all right. Question from Tyler. Ari, thanks for all the work you do. That's Tyler saying it, not me. Thanks, Tyler. Here's my question. We hear a ton about recruits that are fast risers or moving up the ranks or certain parts of this. In, I almost recruits. answered this one. If recruits rise, other recruits have to fall. What do you think is the main reason that recruits fall down the rankings? Is it simply because other recruits are better and cause this change? Or is it because some recruits perform worse at camps or during their seasons that cause them to fall? Or don't participate in camps. I think the number one way that you can. So you're saying Arch Manning's going to fall? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. You never know. Three stars. Like, he's not going to the Elite star? 11. Yeah. He's um, dodging you. Wouldn't surprise me. You dodge me. Um, if you don't go to camps or you get injured or um, you're not very visible or you're in an area that doesn't have visibility, then you know, you're know you in a hard spot when it comes to the rankings. But a lot of times, too, these, these late risers um, – are the ones that take the spots and people fall because like you yeah said, i think like it's just as much people getting passed by as falling a lot of yeah people. yeah and i think that that's like you have to understand too like the entire ranking system is based on information and with more time you have more information you know more offers go out more tapes out there more camp appearances more games all these different things that help you know bring the picture into a clear view you know and if somebody uh is ranked to the number 361 overall player and then gets an alabama clemson and and Ohio State offer um, and then goes out to a camp and looks amazing, then he's probably not the 361st person anymore. And the person that's ranked 273 or 214 or 196 is probably going to fall, you know? And it's just like if you go look and, and see, um, you know, there are a lot of players too that are really early bloomers that don't end up getting much better. And it's all projection, it's all early process stuff. And, you know, I've seen five star prospects in the, in the, uh, you know, their junior years or their sophomore years who look like they're going to be beasts just really stop developing after that. And then they turn out to be three stars or whatever that, you know, aren't what they are. So I, I think that the reason why people fall is because um, as more context emerges, there's a clearer view of what the ranking should look like. And people call that the bat, the Bama bump or the Ohio state bump or whatever they want to call it. But all it is, is you got to view it as, is extra context. And does a prospect get a higher rating because Alabama offered him? No, not indirectly, but if Nick Saban or his staff that has 15 people on it that make $2 million a year, you know, deem that this person is worthy of a scholarship, then it probably means that Steve Wilfong needs to look at him again if they got it, you know, if they got it wrong. Um, so it all kind of plays into a part and it's a, it's a big puzzle and you got to put it together. And I think by the time the rankings are complete at the end of the cycle, there is enough information and, and um, you know, looks at these kids to have a pretty accurate de depiction of what the ranking should look like. Right. I, I was going to good answer. I was going to say like this Toby Raymond from USC. My guess is he gets a ranking and he'll get a bump because USC offered him, got a commitment. And they're going to look at him more closely, but not doesn't happen to everyone. Who's the offensive lineman in Ohio state's 2022 class, the in-state kid who was like ranked like 1300 when they got him. Uh, was it Murphy or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? Ohio state's 2022 class. So the one yeah. they just signed. Yeah. They had a low ranked uh, offensive tackle. Oh, um, you, you on their his page. name's uh, Avery Henry. Avery Henry. What did he end up? You what was he when they offered him? I don't even know the like answer. Thirteen hundred or something. Oh, uh, he's like, seven twenty-one. Okay, so he moved up. He did not move up initially, but again, he move, moved up, quote unquote, only seven twenty. Uh, so it's not like every kid who commits to Ohio State or Alabama is going to 
vault up to four star, but he was in the he was in like the twelve or thirteen hundreds, and he didn't really move up right after the commitment. I think it was just more like he became more visible and they looked more closely at him. And it's just these guys who do it, they do a good job, but it's also just human nature that they know if Ohio State thinks this kid's good enough, they, you know, okay, maybe he's not 900, yeah. maybe he's 700. Um, but it's not just that. It, it, it's not just a reaction to right. the offer. It is a invitation to explore it more. Right, to look more closely. Like, this guy's going to Ohio State. I, I need. Which well, isn't just Ohio State and Alabama. It happens sure. all the time. If somebody is, is committed to, uh, I don't know, uh, Caltech, and then they get a TCU offer, then that happens then too. Sure. It's not just just the top 100 players. There, there are unranked prospects without a profile that get an offer from, you know, Power 5 School X that causes us to look at them a little bit more. All right, question from Matthew P. How much does the opportunity to play a spring sport like baseball impact a recruit's decision in football recruiting overall? Are certain coaches and programs known for being particularly encouraging or discouraging of two-sport athletes? I would say... Most football coaches would prefer their kids only play football. It's just, it's just natural. You want your kid to, to, to focus on that. It's, a lot of it is the how similar are the two programs and, and roster spots in baseball. Okay, if, you, if you play both sports, you have to be on football scholarship. But roster spots in baseball are very valuable. You can only have 36 guys on your team. So if you're going to go to a school that plays high level in both, you better be damn good because a baseball coach isn't going to want to take you on the team if you're a part-time player, it happens in the SEC. Alabama's had some guys that play uh, multiple multiple sports. So, um, but you know, like I think Vanderbilt lost its 2023 commitment, Reese Mooney, a quarterback who wanted to play baseball, and he's a kid from Louisiana. And I don't think this was ever confirmed, but I don't know if he was a good enough baseball prospect to play baseball at Vanderbilt. And so he's looking maybe at a school where he can do both. Uh, Dylan Lonergan, the quarterback we mentioned earlier, is really interested in playing baseball. He's interested in Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't really have a great baseball program, so maybe he's leaning more towards South Carolina. So um, it just it's I don't know if you have much to offer in that, but would you agree that most football coaches would prefer their guys to just play football? Yeah, and I think that football coaches are like, yeah, you can come on and, and play both sports and do whatever they want to do to get the guy on campus. Then when the guy gets on campus, he realizes that football is a year-round sport and he can't do it. And it's not because nobody wants you to. It's just that if you don't participate in spring football or you don't do uh, what you need to do uh, in order to focus 100% on your college football career, that you're going to get passed on the depth chart. So, you know, it's it's a lovely thought and it's fun to think about. And I know that wasn't Julius Peppers an amazing basketball player. Yes. Is that You know, like there are there are certainly, uh, you know, and that's more difficult people. because the seasons overlap. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know how a person could be a a starter at a power five school now without devoting their time hundred percent to the sport. Yeah. And uh, James Winston played outfield and was a relief pitcher for Florida state. Yeah. Kyler Murray played baseball for Oklahoma. It happens. He's, I mean, these guys yeah. are, are amazing athletes. Some of them. Yeah. You know, I don't know which coaches are most friendly about it. You know, um, I think that in a lot of the recruits that I've covered in, in, the last 10 years who have wanted to play both sports go to college thinking they're going like a very curious to see what will happen to Connor Wegman because right. he thinks he's okay. playing baseball, doesn't he? Yeah. And again, Texan very good. They're on their way to Omaha right we'll now. See, and- we'll see how uh, that, how long that lasts for. Yeah. And they maybe got he will, maybe, maybe he'll be really good and he'll do it, but yeah, it's just hard, especially yeah. a quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. Um, ready for trivia. I'm ready for trivia. All right. This is the bill Landis special. Remember I said your buddy, Bill, Yes. Gave me a question. 
Can't wait. Okay. How many of the teams that rank top 30 national recruiting average since 2019 also have a losing record in that span? So you've averaged a top Landis came up with this? Yes. Are you jealous? Kind of. That's a good question. Yeah. So you've averaged a top 30 recruiting. He did. He, okay. I'll give you a hint. He did it while researching one of his state of the programs he's writing. Okay. So you, do you understand so the question? Gave, yeah. I don't know who averaged top 30, so I'm just going right. to have to guess. Right. I mean, that's um, Stanford. That is one of them. Um, losing records. Indiana. They no, they have not averaged top thirty. Okay. This how many of them are there? Well, that's a question. How many of them? Are, you want me to give you the number and then you see how many you can name? No, uh, I'll just guess the number and then you can tell me which ones okay. they are. Of the thirty losing records, seven. remember you're coming. You're coming off of a you got last week's exactly seven, eight. You're getting better. eight was the answer last week, right? I'm going to come up like five weeks in a row. I'm going to have a trivia question where the answer is. But who are they? Who are they? Stanford's one of them. Okay. Okay, I'll do it in order of record. From worst to best on this list. Nebraska. Stanford. South Carolina. Maryland. Arkansas. Florida State. Mississippi State. And Missouri. I didn't. Yeah, damn. I didn't realize that Florida State was losing records. Bad. Yeah, good question, Bill. Thanks, Dollaby. No, I can't. That, I did not research that. If there's an error in that question, that's on. Well, I guess no one's me. a psychopath enough to go look that up. It's it's uh it's only it's Landis my, would look up something like that. It's my question, so I you I and Landis should go on vacation to the Bahamas together and just look up stats on the beach for four days straight. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. Okay, uh, is that it? You got to edit my story now. No, but uh, by the way, I'm very excited. Tomorrow night, I'm going to uh, Bringle's Smokehouse, my, where my son works now for a barbecue, uh, first and time, you, and you can eat that. I can eat it. I'm That's very, good. very excited. No Looks cheese, good. though. Well, I haven't, I haven't signed a, doc, a contract yeah. yet about cheese versus peanut butter. Thank you so much for listening to the latest edition of Stars Matter. And uh, let me know if you'd rather give up cheese or be subjected, subjected to-, to 5% chance every night or every morning for the rest of your life of waking up. I'm going to go ask my kids that. What do you think they'll say? I'd say. Uh, I think everyone's going to go do the peanut butter. You mean take the chance? Yeah. No one's going to give up cheese. I mean, you can never eat pizza again. True. That was Stars Matter. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>